I'm a child of God. Have in my hand. Powerful Word of God. Change lives. Heal broken hearts. Save man's soul. And remind me that Jesus is coming again. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, Happy Easter. We uh, celebrate the risen Lord today, amen. He is alive, alive, alive. Great song, Tina. Doggone it. That's a good song. I don't know how she got through that song, to be honest with you. I was tearing up just reading the words. We also kick off a new series today. And the title is on the screen, Bod for God. Honoring God with our bodies. I want you to know up front that this is a very personal series for me. I have uh, worked hard. I've struggled. I've lived. I'm still working. I'm still struggling. I'm still living. Journey. The journey continues. Uh, every fall when I sit down and begin to pray for God to lead me on what I need to preach to you about on Sunday mornings, uh, this is one that came to my heart, and it's been on my heart for a while. Back in February 2012, I just I got up one day and decided that there needs to be some changes in, in me. And so I began that journey with God to make some of those changes. Uh, you know, I'd go to my annual physical and doctor would look me over and he'd say this, that, and the other, and, you know, your blood sugars are too high and your blood pressure's up and you need to lose weight. He'd always say that. And I'd always leave that annual meeting saying, yeah, one of these days, sooner or later, I'm going to do that. Well, sooner never came to later. <laughs> Nothing ever happened until 2012. And I'm not even sure what circumstances or series of circumstances caused me to look deep in my heart and in my life, but something did, and I did, and began to eat better, added exercise back into my life routine. And in the course of that journey, uh, two men began to speak into my life. One was Nelson Searcy, young preacher that I've uh, been mentoring with for about five years. And then the other one was Steve Reynolds. And Steve, uh, both of these guys are pastors on the East Coast, but Steve is, uh, uh, he's an, he's an interesting guy. <clears throat> and, uh, he has written, he wrote the book titled Bod for God. And I don't know why that stuck with me, but I just like that. Bod for God. And I think we all need to have a bod for God. And so I asked Steve to, uh, help me with, uh, putting some things together and, and Nelson and they, they did and they've spoken into my life and I appreciate those guys more than they will ever know. Uh, and again, the journey's not over for me. The journey's going to be lifelong. I'll die before I ever get where I want to be, but that's okay. Uh, my lifelong goal is to be half the man I used to be. So that means I need to weigh about 175 pounds. That's my left leg right now. So <clears throat> if I could weigh as much as my left leg, I'd be in good shape. 
<clears throat> I'm just teasing you. And some of you might be asking, you know, preacher, that's kind of an odd sermon to be doing on Easter Sunday. I mean, we ought to be talking resurrection. We ought to be talking the risen Lord. Guess what? <clears throat> I am going to talk about the risen Lord. Because you see, God on the third day brought something from life that was dead. Something that God can bring in your life, in my life, is something that is almost dead, maybe dead, and restore it to life. He's in that business. He's in he's the business of restoring people's dead lives to life again. So we're going to be talking about that through this whole series and especially today. So I want you to understand that on the third day when Jesus rose from the grave, you and I can get up and rise again too. You and I can live in a way that we've never lived before. But it's going to take some Tough decisions. And I want to share with you today about what the Bible says regarding having a bod for God. And I want you to know that this series is about a lot more than just losing weight. Losing weight is the easiest part. Now, I know some of you are already saying, man, you're lying. (laughs) I've tried to lose five pounds for 20 years. Now, honestly, losing the weight is really the easy part. Keeping the weight loss is a little bit bigger part. (laughs) So we're going to talk about that as we go along. Getting in shape. Exercise. I kept looking for that single pill I could take and the weight would fall off. That single diet I could get on and done, right? They don't exist. Whoever's trying to sell you that, Dr. Oz's pill does not work. Get over it. He's not that fantastic of a doctor anyway. Get over it. Okay? He's making a boatload of money off of those little pills that he sells. Get over it. Eat right. Exercise more. Eat less. Exercise more. Things will look a lot different. Don't go to the buffet table as you take them serious like I do. If you think, if you think about it, I'll bet most of you are like me. You want what is best that God has for you. Would you say yes to that? You want what God has best established for you. Boy, I do. I know you do. And so part of that is taking care of this thing that God created. Now on the front of your outline, on the very very first page, I've got one verse of Scripture right there in the center of that page. Because it's so important. It's Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. Now stop and think about that a minute. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Boy, there's another Powerful statement. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. My little grandson Beckham. He's getting to. He's he's getting old enough now to where you can get it kind of in his face and talk to him, and he has no idea what you're saying. But he just smiles, and when he smiles, his whole head gets into it. You know how babies are when they smile. 
And then he'll drool and he'll smile and he'll drool some more. I think drooling goes with smiling. I'm not sure. But when I look at that little baby, and when I look at our our new grandson, Brian, who's doing very well, by the way. Uh, He started his beard. Uh, He's looking good. Uh, He did, Mark did put a pair of sunglasses on him yesterday. Oh, my goodness. But nevertheless, he's growing. But just to look at those babies, you know, it just really grabs your heart, doesn't it? Because they're so perfect. And all those, he just says here, all the inner parts of your body, I made them. Those delicate things, I made them. He says, and I knit them together. I love that. I put it all together while you're being formed in your mother's womb. So when you try to tell me that life doesn't happen at conception, you're wrong. It does. Oh, it does. That's not a blob to be sucked out and thrown away in a trash can. That's a baby in there. It's a baby in there. You don't believe it? Just wait nine months. You know, it's, it's always interesting to me, the people that are, are so... Uh, for and pro-abortion and all of that, they've already been born. Think about it. They're all, they're all against it, but they've already been born. Or they're for it and they've already been born. Come on! If you're so for it, see ya. Go to the abortion doctor let him take care of you like he does the little babies. Ah, I bet that would change things, wouldn't it? God made us wonderful workmanship, marvelous workmanship. He created us. We are God's greatest creation, which leads me to three theological truths. And I don't don't let me lose you on that. <laughs> I don't want you to say, "Oh boy, this will be boring." No, just three real quick. Number one, my body was created by God and for God. Since you may not be used to taking notes. I want to make it easy on you. So you just a couple of fill-ins there. Now later in the outline, it get a little harder, but that's okay. We start out easy, make it hard. <clears throat> but I want to reiterate the fact that we are the greatest creation of God. I have a dog. I love my dog. But I am a better creation than my dog. I am. God thinks you are a better creation than the platypus. God thinks you're a better creation than a snake. You'd agree with that? Only good snake's a dead snake. Hey, God cursed them to crawl on the ground. I agree with God. And they don't need to crawl on the ground, but to crawl away from me. Saw a little video this week of a rattlesnake den of rattlesnakes. I mean, those rattles were just going like crazy. They're trying to warn the clown, don't come in here. And he kept sticking his camera down in there. One of them snapped back at the camera. Well, yeah, dummy. But you and I are God's greatest creation. God created us not for personal gratification, but for God's glorification. Think about that for a minute. Colossians 1.16 For by Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, powers, or rulers, or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. 
Which takes us to theological truth number two, and that is, as a Christian, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, I invited a lot of people this week. I'm sure you did too. We did a direct mail in our 74037 thing and in our zip code. And, you know, we got into almost 7,000 homes. Hopefully those people read our stuff. And the next time we send one, it takes two or three of those to get people to even notice who you are. But the point is, we're trying to reach people, aren't we? And I know I talked to a lot of people, and they had all kinds of excuses. Some said, well, I go to such and such church, and others would say, I'm a Baptist. And I said, well, I hope you're a Christian sometime. Then others would say, well, I'm a Catholic. Like, that's supposed to scare me or something? I don't know. <laughs> Some would say they felt like they were too old. They'd been out of church for so long, and probably wouldn't fit in. Uh, some have said, well, you know, I'm not even a believer. So I, I don't even know why I want to go there. But you know what I want to say, and I know what you would say to all those people is, hey, you're welcome here. You know, we're not a perfect church. We're just a church full of sinners trying to get through life together. Amen? We're just kind of making our way, feeling our way. There's days we have good days, days we have bad days, but the main thing is we're all together. And we love you. And we'll do our best to love you the way Jesus loves you. Amen? And sometimes that's hard. It's hard to love each other. Sometimes we say stuff we don't really mean, but it, it hurts us. It's okay. Still love you. Just like your dog loves you. Every time, you know, you can yell at your dog, and five minutes later your dog's going to come over and put their head in your lap, right? Because that's where they are. I mean, it's never more fun than to, than to be away for a while and come back and your pet meets you at the door. I mean, it's just like they've never seen you before. <laughs> you seen those where the soldiers come back from deployment? Man, those dogs go nuts. It's awesome. It's awesome. Now, cats, that's a whole different breed. I'm sure God created them for a reason, but I'm still trying to find out what it is. But you see, our body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we need to understand that because we're a temple, we need to, we need to be taking better care of this thing, which takes us back to... to to our memory verses, that's really important. You know, we shouldn't leave the temple dirty. We shouldn't leave the temple in bad condition. We shouldn't leave it a mess. We should take care of it. And in February 2012, I got up and I said, it's time to take care of this thing and quit abusing it the way I've done. Quit misusing it the way I've done. Now, I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. Maybe you can join me with that. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. It's a great, these are great passages of Scripture. Okay? So I want us to read them again together. And uh, at the question mark, I want you to stop. Okay? So ready? Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? That's a question. Now I want you to get louder when we give the answer. Louder. Ready? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with... Ooh, good job reading out loud. Turn to your neighbor and say, well done, well done. See, the Spirit lives in us. We're the temple. If this building 
burned down to the ground today, we couldn't have church, could we? No, we can't have church because this is this is the church. Oh, watch out, sister. She didn't go on to meddling now. We didn't have church anywhere? Because where's the church? We are. <laughs> we're the church. And we're the temple. And God resides here. So where this meets doesn't really matter, does it? We can meet out under the tree with some umbrellas today. You know? Short message. This brings me to our third truth. I will have a body in eternity. You realize that? You get to have, have a body on the other side? I'm excited about that. Because that one I'm promised will have no crying, no tears, no pain. Everything that used to be is not there anymore. And that new body is resurrected and fully functional. Amen. I love what Sam and Vanessa told me when Sam's dad passed away. He'd been deaf all of his life. He said, you know what? He can finally hear now. Isn't that true? Isn't that the greatest thing? Can you imagine the first words you ever hear in your entire life? And his dad was in his 70s. Can you imagine the first thing he heard was Jesus saying, Hey, Warren, what's up? I mean, I don't know if Jesus talks that way, but it sounds good. There was... In the New Testament, there was a group of people called the Gnostics. starts with a G. Gnostics. And they their philosophy was that your body was just a container. It really didn't have any value at all. It was just a container for what was in it. So what you did in your body didn't really matter. It's what you did with your soul that mattered. Now compare that to what we deal with today in the form of narcissism. And that group's philosophy is... This body is all there is. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure this body is okay. And you know people like this. They're, they're ones out there with their phone taking pictures of themselves all the time. Oh, they always are taking, I mean, they're taking pictures here and, they, you know, they'll pucker their lips, you know, or, or they'll, or they'll get their dog in there. You know, I just thought this is silliest stuff, right? I mean, it's the silliest stuff. But they're so enamored with themselves. Now, I saw a little video uh, pictures where a gal was was in a weight loss program and she she starts she took the same pose and picture over the period of time and then they, then they time lapsed the the pictures into a little video so it showed her when she was big and then showed her how she how she changed into this skinny little person now that's pretty impressive I could see that being okay but you you know who I'm talking about the Kim Kardashians of life that's all they want to do is talk take pictures of themselves. Well, the Bible says that in heaven, the body I'm going to have is going to be so fine, so good. You, you're going to look at me and say, mm, mm, mm. I mean, now people look at you now and they go, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> see? But we're going to have that good body, Amen. I'm going to walk in the room, Cindy's going to go, mm, 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 mm. I won't tell you what she does now. But anyway, 1 Corinthians 15, great verses. 
Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die. True. But they will be what? Raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be what? In glory. Woo! We're going to get to rise up. Told you we're going to talk about the resurrection. These bodies are going to raise up. Going to be glorified. I'm ready. No more knee trouble. No more diabetes. No more poking myself with needles. No more any of that stuff. I don't have to worry about whether I've got vitamin D, vitamin E, vitamin K, whatever it is. I don't need that stuff. That new body. How? I'm going to look like Derek Lusion. Tall, handsome. Walk in the room, people go, how? Yeah. That's it. That's it. Now, you know, Derek's a lineman. Nobody does that to Derek. And them goofy looking quarterbacks, they're the ones that get that. They're nothing without guys like Derek, though. <laughs> I saw a guy yesterday at the Easter egg hunt. He had a shirt on and said, faster than you. I said, I bet you're a football player. He said, I am. I said, yeah, guys like me got run over by guys like you. You'd put your hand on my back and then shove me out of your way because I was in your way. He just laughed. It was fun. Now that body, and the Bible mentions the word body 179 times. And a third of those, it's referring to that future body, that heavenly body, that perfect body that God's going to create for us and we're going to, re- we're going to receive on the other side. I can't wait. Can you? It's going to be great. Those aches and pains are gone. Diane's got a bad hip. She'll, bad hip's going to be gone. She'll be dancing. Can you see that girl dancing? She'll be looking like Ginger Rogers up there. But what's the ultimate truth? Jot this down in your notes. It's right there in the outline. Ultimate truth is what I do with my body matters to God. What I do matters to God. And man, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Because God needs me to take care of this body so I can be a good example of what you should be doing in your body. And I apologize to you because I have not been that. I can't expect my children to improve their health if they don't see their dad doing it. I want to stick around. I want to see my grandchildren come to the Lord. I want to see their dads baptize them into Christ. It's going to be an awesome day. I can't wait for the day that Jeff baptizes Kelsey into Christ. He'd be crying like a little little stuffed pig over there. I had 103 temperature the day I baptized Jeff into Christ. You think I was going to miss that service? It was a great sermon because it lasted seven and a half minutes. Because <laughs> I was sicker than a dog. But there is no way that I was going to miss a chance to baptize my son into Jesus Christ. Never. Amen? You see what I'm talking about? There's some things that we need to change in our life so we can enjoy life. But before I could make any physical changes, I had to make some spiritual changes. I had to connect my physical changes with my spiritual dimension. And I believe with all my heart that there's some spiritual decisions that we have to make to get us back on track. And uh, those physical changes will affect what I'm doing. Next week I'm going to talk about motivation and what motivates us. And the third week I'm going to talk about eating and exercise. In fact, I've invited uh, the trainer that, that works with me, uh, Josh Smith. Josh, Josh is going to be here to, to meet you and talk with you. And I've included him in the message that morning. And I want Josh to say, speak into your heart and into your life. In fact, uh, if you're in the 74037 
you got one of these in the mail. If you didn't, I've got some at the door. And on there is a free one week. Josh has allowed me to put this on there, a free one week uh, workout time at uh, Oklahoma Fit just right over here. Uh, trust me, after a week, you'll you'll decide whether you're going to live or die right there. So uh, I, <clears throat> I encourage you. If you have, if you thought about getting exercise, this will be great because they will, they will make the exercise fit you and you're where you're at. Trust me. If Geneva and I can do it, you can do it. Now she's 76 years old, but man, she moves around like a like a uh, tiger. You just ought to watch her. She's amazing. Usually after we're done, I'm laying on the floor and they come kick me to make sure I move. So, but I want you to meet Josh and uh, Josh is going to be here to talk to us. And in the fourth week, I'm going to talk to you about building a support team and how important that is to to be successful in what you're trying to do, especially when you're changing yourself. But I think it takes three decisions that we have to make. And we're going to talk about these real quickly. Number one, you've got to, first of all, decide whether you're going to deliver your body from temptation. Deliver your body from temptation. God created all body, all different body types. True? There's some that are pear-shaped. There's some that's straight. There's some that are hourglass. There's some that are hopefuls. <laughs> you know, all kinds of body types. Which type's right? I don't know. Don't listen to, don't listen to Hollywood or Wall Street. Don't listen to the fashion magazines. Because you don't know. You don't know. Because everybody can be a blessing to God. Remember, our bodies were created for glorifying God. But the goal, and the goal I have in this series, is to get us to be healthy. To get us to be healthy. Now, I don't know what it is that you're fighting with. I don't know what addiction that you're battling with. But what I want you to do is real quick, turn to your neighbor and tell them what it is that you're battling. No, 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 I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't any of you get real transparent back there. For me, it's eating. For you, it might be something else. I don't know what it is, but God knows what it is. And the good news is God can take care of that for you. But you have got to decide. You have got to decide to deliver your body from temptation. Matthew 26, 41 says, Keep and watch and pray, Jesus said, so that you will not give into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Well, I understand that one. And then 1 Corinthians 6.18 gives us the three-letter word, three word that describes how we can beat it. What is the three-letter word? Run! Run, Forrest! Run! Run away from temptation. Don't hang around temptation. Circle that in your outline. Make sure you understand. You've got to learn to run from the Cheetos. Run from the M&M's. Run to the bedroom. Get some sleep. Run from that ice cream. Run from that ice cream. Run from that ice cream. Run from that sexual sin. Whatever it is, run from it. Amen. Can I get an amen? Because we're fixing to go have lunch here in just about ten minutes and you're going to go... Run past the dessert table. (laughs) But running away from sin, another word that can be used there for run is replace. Run and replace. Run and replace. You see, for me to fight the greatest temptation of food in my life, it's ice cream. For me to fight that, I have got to literally get rid of it. If it's brought into the house and I know it's there, it's not long until it's consumed by me. 
It just frustrates any of this. She'll bring it in. She'll sneak it in. She'll hide it. I happen to open the freezer. I see it. And I assume, totally assume that it's for me. Even if she wrote her name on it and said, this is mine, keep your grubby paws off of it, I would probably open it and smell it first. And then I would lick the lid. And that should do it. Because she wouldn't want it then, right? What's fun though is after I finish eating it all, I put the lid back on and put it back in the freezer. No, I don't do that. I try to burn it and hide it so she'll never know. I said, I never saw it. I don't know what you're talking about. With the chocolate dripping down my chin. You got it. So we gotta remove it. Remove it. Sometimes you just have to remove it. You want, you need to exercise more. So what do you say? Well, I'm gonna get up 15 minutes earlier. No, you, and you're gonna set your alarm so you'll hit the snooze button. No, get a friend to call you and say, hey, I'm outside, ready to go walking. Let's go. Hey, let's go. You see, it's harder to turn them down than it is to get up and go walking. You see what I'm saying? Let them invest in you. We'll talk about that later in, in, in the fourth week. God deliver my body from temptation. That's one decision. The second one is, I will discipline my body to do what's best. I'll discipline my body. Oh, and I hate the word discipline. Because discipline absolutely is tough. The mark of a mature person is the person who can discipline themselves now for something better in the future. Discipline now for something better in the future. You might say, well, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds. Well, what are you doing to discipline yourself to lose that 20 pounds? Have you changed the food? Have you gotten certain things out of your house you shouldn't have there? Have you removed them? Have you gotten rid of You know, and, and I've heard all my life, well, you just need to learn to say no to it. Well, I know I do, but I can't yet. You, you know what I'm saying? you got to decide to say no to it. But sometimes we just got to get rid of it before we can say no to it. Because if it's not around, but I know where Brahms is. And I'm thankful they moved out of Jinx because it's just a lot harder to get on and go drive across a river. But when my boys were in the middle school, I had to drive by it every day twice. I loved it. Because I would plan my schedule to go just early enough that I could have just enough before they got out of school. Right? You see what I'm saying? We all can justify the sin. 1 Corinthians 9.27 Paul says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. And this is the one that really smacked me. Because if I'm going to be a good example to you, I need to make sure that I'm disciplined so that you can see the discipline. Because that's really important. It's really important. Jeff, did I skip over my pictures? Let's go back. I thought I did. Now that was me a few years ago. You see it in my shoulders and my my neck and my face. And that... That girl I'm standing next to was dying of cancer. And that was the day she came here so I could baptize her. Before she, And she didn't last much longer. And then I found a new friend. And his name is Bucky. But you can see a change in my body, can't you? Not where I want to be. 
But I'm heading in the right direction. If I would do what my wife encouraged me to do, and that's to wear clothes that fit, you could probably see the weight loss a little bit better. At this point, I'm between 60 and 70 pounds. I kept it off for over two years. That's pretty good stuff. I'll take that. Thank you. Not where I want to be. Going to be. I'll probably be dead by the time I get that last pound lost, but that's okay. God won't have to work some, with so much when I get to heaven. <laughs> so he's going to have to keep remaking the body that I'm going to move into in heaven. I love it. I can see him right now. 50 pounds more. Oh, well, here we go. Back to the drawing board. But you see, when I look at those pictures, I go, wow. Remember a couple years ago when I was really sick? I looked sick. I didn't know that till Cindy showed me a picture. And my hair was white. I didn't know that. Because I didn't look at myself. I just noticed I didn't have any hair. <laughs> and now I knew why. But yeah, you know, it's little by little coming back. Little by little turning around. Little by little. Nothing happens overnight. Nothing good happens overnight. Thank you, Jeff. But I also discovered that the discipline of my body and the working with my physical body and the change of my physical body and the discipline I need in my body also has spiritual consequences. Because what I do in my physical body has those consequences. And, and when we give in to the pull of sin, it leads to regret, lower self-esteem, and the distancing from God. And when you stop that, I want my grandchildren to, to grow up so I can play with them a long time. I want to be around long enough to watch. Corey had his little girl, so I can't wait till she's 15. It's going to be fun. Misty and Jeff ask us all the time about Braden, their middle son. That a boy, Brother Kim. But he's a delight. Cindy and I look at him and we see another middle son that we had. I tell you, every one of them are precious, aren't they? And every one of them have different personalities, don't they? And every one of them are fun, aren't they? Except there's days when you have your hand around their neck and you're praying strong for the power of God in their life. But that discipline can help us. The number one sign of spiritual maturity is the ability to choose discipline in the future over instant gratification today. Romans 6.12 Do not let sin control you the way you live. Do not give in to the sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. But rather, give yourselves completely to God. Underline that. Give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead... But now you have new life, so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right in the, for the glory of God. Which can lead us to decision number three, which is dedicate my body to God. Dedicate my body to God. What I've learned about physical change and physical discipline is that it doesn't happen overnight. Same thing about spiritual growth. It doesn't happen overnight. But it will never happen if you don't get off the sofa. If you never open the Bible, if you never spend time learning, studying, reading, asking questions, seeking, nothing's going to change spiritually for you. 
You're going to be the same pygmy you are now, and you'll be the same pygmy 10 years from now. You'll be stunted in your growth today as you will be 20 years from now if you never open that book and never expand your thought process about what God is and who God is. How deep is my relationship with Him? Einstein said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. (laughs) You expect to be a spiritual giant. You expect to get to heaven. You expect to take somebody with you and yet you don't know what to say. Why don't you know what to say? Because you've never taught yourself what to say. Well, nobody's ever led me. Have you ever asked? I'll give a class to you. If it's only you, I'll give a class to you. But I can't give a class to somebody that's not there. Romans 12.1 tells us the way that we're supposed to work to God to get him to be in His will and to know what that will is. And so, dear brothers, sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Give your bodies to God because of all that He's done for you. Let your body be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind that He will find acceptable. This is the truly the way to worship Him. Many of us want God to be our Savior and to save us from sin and hell and all the bad stuff, but we don't want God to be our leader and allow Him to be the Lord of our life. Now back to your card. On the back of your card are those three decisions that I just talked about. And I'm going to ask you to do something that's very personal. Some of you may be willing, some of you may not be willing, and that's okay. Some of you may be asking yourself, what's he going to do with this information? I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray for you, that's it. If you'd be willing to do number one, if you'd be willing to decide about number two, or one and two, or if you'd decide to, about number three, or you'd decide to do all three, check it, sign it, and date it, April 5th, 2015. And you might say, well, man, I don't want to sign. It's okay. Because what I'm going to do, again, nobody sees these but me. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask God to help you with this. And He'll know exactly what it is that you need if you're willing. And when we take the offering just a little bit, I want you to put this in the offering plate when it comes by. But what will you decide to do? What will you decide to do? I don't know. It's up to you. But I hope that you'll decide to do something for God. That you're going to decide to be disciplined. That you're going to deliver your body from temptation. You're going to be disciplined to do what's best for you. And you're going to dedicate that body to God. Is it going to be perfect overnight? No, it's going to take a while. It's okay. Hey, you've got nothing but life, right? you got time. Inch by inch by inch by inch by inch by inch by inch. Yeah. Two years ago when I started working out with Josh, he'll tell you, if you ask him, he'll tell you. I could. He had to come get me off the floor. He'd say, okay, let's get, let's get down and do some sit-ups. Right. So I laid down on my back and he'd say, okay, sit up. Right. <laughs> and he'd say, okay, it's time to get up. Well, I'd kind of roll over and I couldn't get up. So he'd have to come and physically, you're talking about embarrassing. He'd have to come physically help me get up off the floor. That was pretty bad. Well, now I can do it by myself. I don't need him. 
Like, in fact, I thumbed my nose up at him. I go, <laughs> watch this. Now, it's really ugly to watch me get off the floor. It's not a very pretty thing. However, I get from A to B and hallelujah. Maybe that's just the goal you have. It's just to get up off the floor. Okay, that'd be great. I don't know what it is. But I know a Heavenly Father that's ready to help you rise up to a new level. Just like on the third day He rose Jesus, guess what? On the third day He can raise you too. Let's pray together. Father, I thank You for these that are here this morning. And I just pray that we will begin to consider who we are, what we are, how we are. That, Father, we will begin to honor You with our bodies. God, I want to honor You with my body. You and I have talked about this a lot. You know the struggles I have. And I'm grateful for those people who have spoken into my life and who care enough about me to help want me to be better. But God, I need Your strength. So today, again, I'm going to give myself to You and I'm praying that others will do the same. I'm asking you, God, to help me today to, to, be, to deliver myself from the temptations that are tripping me up, to have the courage to get rid of them, to, to just move them away from me so I don't see them, I don't have them around. Help me to make disciplined decisions instead of giving in to every instant gratification. And God, that can be a lot of things in that blank. Food, sex, drugs, alcohol. It can be a lot of things. But God, I want to dedicate my body to you. And then perhaps there might be somebody here today that's never opened their heart to you to let you be the Lord of their life. Perhaps they would choose that today. Whatever decision they have, whatever decision you're stirring in their heart to make, would they do it in Jesus' name? Amen. Hymn of invitation, let's stand together. If God's moving in your heart to respond, would you this morning? As we